0: We had a real blow to consumer protection this week with the announcement that Richard Cordray, the Democratic holdover, who was at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, he's leaving and he'll be replaced by a Donald Trump nominee. And I think we know what that means for the near term future of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. And that makes it even more important that the private sector step up, NGOs like non-governmental organizations step up. We need the consumer class action lawyers to be active because when government's out of the picture, we need everybody else to contribute. And one of the big contributors are our friends at Consumer Watchdog. If you don't know Consumer Watchdog, please go online to consumerwatchdog.org and you will find among the great people there, Jamie Court, C-O-U-R-T. He is the president of Consumer Watchdog. We're talking consumer protection. Jamie, it's always great to have you on the Norman Goldman show.
1: It's great to be here. And by the way, Norm, I think since we started the show, we haven't updated our website, but that's changed yesterday. We have a new website. So, uh, just a little plug for people to go to consumerwatchdog.org and sign up for alerts and check out some of the new content we've had here. We started this on our website eight years ago. Yes. How long it shows it Eight years.
0: Uh, I was there earlier, and one of the topics that's prominent on consumerwatchdog.org is going to be in our discussion in just a moment. But, Jamie, we got to get started with taxes because the House today passed their tax bill. There's a lot of bad stuff in it if you are not rich. There's a lot of great stuff in it if you are rich. They repeal the estate tax. They get rid of the alternative minimum tax. Stephanie Rule, who's on MSNBC, said basically the bill was written for Donald Trump to basically mean he never pays taxes again. Uh, Jamie, now we still have the Senate. It to go through and there are problems there and the two bills are going to be different. We'll, we have other chances a- a- along the, the road of the process to derail this. But Jamie, this looks like a, a catastrophe for consumers, middle-class people. I mean, the people who didn't have the lobbyists came out on the short end, didn't they?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is this is legislation that's of the apples uh, by the General Motors and for the Exxons. I mean, this is legislation that gives corporations the biggest tax cut in American history from 35 percent down to twenty percent. And these are corporations that don't pay their taxes anyway. They have all these offshore dodges that have been revealed in the new uh, Paradise Papers, which are these uh, the n- newest version of the Panama papers showing that you know Apple's hiding 120 million a $1 billion dollar excuse me offshore so it doesn't have to pay taxes. Uh, And these other companies across America are doing that, so they don't pay taxes. And yet on the money they're declaring uh, in the U.S., we're giving them a 20% tax rate instead of a 35% tax rate. It makes no sense. We're not closing those overseas dodges. We're not stopping the double Dutch and the uh, double Irish and uh, all these tricks they use. What we're doing is just giving them money to Pay out to their shareholders, and the price is being paid by the middle class, the upper middle class in urban, democratic areas, New York, California. You know, people here have relied on being able to duck, deduct their uh, local and state taxes because they're very high from their um, income, and that's going away under the House bill. People here have been relying on deducting their mortgage interest because if you live in Los Angeles, man, uh, and you bought your house any time in the last decade. You paid you know, close to a million dollars for it, uh, and that's a two-bedroom house. And you know what? You won't be able to deduct more than 500000 under this plan, and yet the corporations are going to be able to deduct, and the big, uh, the big uh, investors are going to get huge breaks. And there's all sorts of special interest privileges written into startups that don't want to have to pay taxes when their interests in companies vest, well, they've gotten exemptions. So this is such a pork uh, for the corporate class, and the rest of us uh, get to pay more and, uh, and, and, and we don't even get scraps. I, I'm, I think this is uh, such... A revelation about what this Republican Party is about, and uh, even many of the Republicans in California uh, who are vulnerable enough for reelection voted against it. Daryl Issa, uh, Dana Rohrbacher. i mean, this is a right-wing caveman conservative—but <laughs> he knows that seventy-eight percent of the people in his district have mortgage interest deduction in excess of five hundred thousand dollars right. because their houses are worth more than a million. Right. So I'm uh, I'm offended. Um, Paul, and if this became law, uh, that would be what makes me really think that uh, we should move to Canada because uh, we might as well, uh, if we're going to pay 60% in taxes, we might as well get a universal health care system for it.
0: Well, Jamie, I don't mean to rub salt in a wound here, but just to add a little insult to injury and mix my metaphors, there's a permanent tax cut, right? To, from 35% to 20%, and that's permanent. The, 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 the meager little tax cuts that they claim for the middle class, those are temporary. They're meager and they're temporary, they expire. The corporations get the giant tax cut and that's permanent. Also, familiar deductions, like the medical expense deduction, tax preparation fees, alimony payments, student loan interest, moving expenses. This is CNN. That's this is where I'm getting this from. This is CNN looked into this bill and said, look what they were eliminating, killing the state and local income it's tax deduction. Warfare. I mean, it really is. And not only is it class warfare, it's Republican warfare on democratic states. I mean, they really managed well, but, to but declare two but, wars but at you're
1: once. hitting students. You're hitting people with high medical bills. I mean, to get 10% uh, uh, of your income uh, you have paying out for medical bills and you still have to have insurance, that means you got a chronic illness or you've got a, uh, someone with a disability or you've got someone who's got some, you know, a, a real problem in your family. You should be able to deduct that just like the corporate class is uh, able to deduct their yachts and, and corporate luxuries. Why the hell would a family that is dealing with a, a, a seriously disabled or chronically ill family member not be able to deduct medical expenses if they exceed 10% of that family's income. I mean, that makes complete sense. It should be a lower threshold because most of these people are insured or they have Medicaid or they have Medicare and they're still paying out of their own pocket more than 10% of their income. That should be deduction. We should be helping people with the tax code. We shouldn't be helping these artificial entities of corporations that don't need the help. I mean, why are we doing this? The stock market is on fire. Corporate earnings are up you know there's no reason to to do this other than the republicans shamelessly shamelessly giving the spoils of the election back to the people they really represent which are the corporations of america and maybe they hope that's what's going to keep them in power if they're not helping any individuals here
0: they're helping corporations i thought corporations were people my friend that little rhetorical joke aside, we're talking to our friend, Jamie Was that Mitt Romney <laughs> who said that? <laughs> that was, that was <laughs> Mitt Romney. Debate. Corporations are people, my friend. And people, <laughs> some people knew it or some don't. I
1: mean, they have the rights and privileges of people, but you they bet. have none of the social or legal responsibilities. You can't put them in jail, uh, which is you know, exactly our point on on robot cars and why we can't trust them.
0: They get all the benefits of being a human being and none of the burdens of being a human being. So it's really the best of both worlds. And that's, that's the kind of crooked and rigged and fixed system that we're in right now. It's a crooked system, but Jamie, I can't throw a corporation in jail and that, and and you can, you know, and, and for all the problems I have with humanity,
1: you know, I know that I can't throw individuals in jail.
0: Well, and you can't even arrest a corporation. You can't put handcuffs on them. Jamie, I got to move us over to one of the big items that's on your website right now, consumerwatchdog.org. And if you don't know who we're talking to, check out Jamie Court, C-O-U-R-T, president, consumerwatchdog.org. And if you went to consumerwatchdog.org, you'd see that there is a big feature right there on the front page about self-driving cars. There's a really ugly picture of one that's wrecked. And so who's liable when a self-driving car wrecks? And we're moving forward here in California with this experiment on self-driving cars. Jamie, it's scaring me half to death. Consumer Watchdog is the leader, the leader, in my opinion, on safety of these self-driving cars and trying to put some slow down breakage on, on, on the on the breakneck pace that we're going hurtling into these things. Jamie, I see consumerwatchdog.org has a lot on, on self-driving cars. There's big news on it. What's going on?
1: Well, the Department of Motor Vehicles in California, which is, generally done some pretty good rules on self-driving cars did a really horrible one at the request of the lobbyists from GM who suggested it. It used to be that robot car makers would say, Hey, you know, if we get into an accident, we're going to be responsible for our robots. Well, at the request of general motors, the department of motor vehicles has said under new regulations that robot car makers are not responsible for crashes. If the, uh, owner of the robot car didn't properly maintain the vehicle. Now, can you imagine... Say what? Say what? Say what? The robot car is driving again to a crash, but you didn't put enough air in the tires or change the oil. That's the reason the car crashed and killed someone, and you're on the hook. So, you know, this was the brainchild, of course, of the lobbyists for GM, and the Department of Motor Vehicle lifted it directly out of General Motors' comments. And this lobbyist for General Motors previously worked at NIPSA, the National Highway Safety Transportation Administration, where he no doubt developed a great relationship with the people of the Department of Motor Vehicles, and then became a corporate lobbyist through the revolving door, used his leverage to get this written into the rules and they hoped no one would notice. Well, we noticed, and uh, it's outrageous. I mean, can you imagine uh, how car makers and Google and the other makers of these robot cars are going to be blaming individuals and human beings that own the car at every turn? Because they they're going to say we didn't maintain the, the, the computer. We didn't put in the
0: oil. Right. I and mean, we didn't do a software update. I mean, they'll just immediately go searching for something that was done wrong in the car and then blame that. Uh, just, right, the, me, uh, just that, the way me, Jamie, just the way insurance companies used to when you have a health problem, they'd search your application and say, Oh, you didn't disclose you had acne when you were 13. So that exactly. was fraud. We rescind the policy and you're out. And so this it sounds like the exact same thing. They're going to search for one thing to say, Oh, see what you didn't do. It's your fault.
1: Exactly. And you know how frequently the insurance industry is on the same page with us? Well, the insurance industry is on the same page with us. It's absurd. You're going to make us and our insurance pay, you know, because they didn't follow the operations manual? Who the hell did that? Knew we could understand it. So uh, we're hoping that the Department of Motor Vehicles change these rules. Otherwise, we're going to sue because the, the truth is the Department of Motor Vehicles has absolutely no ability
0: to rewrite the rules
1: of auto insurance liability under the regulations they're writing. But this is a part and parcel of the be friendly to the Silicon Valley and the car makers uh, to develop these uh, robot cars that we're seeing out of the Brown administration and the legislature. It's, you know, uh, go fast forward and don't worry if speed kills. Uh, In this case, not only would speed kill, but the uh, non robots in the equation, us are going to be responsible for the accidents, just to blow your mind a little it 's something i 've thought about over the last few years. you know if you think about these I call them auto autos right the robot cars they're auto models I like vehicles. that auto- they're auto autos that's good autos now if there 's anything more dangerous than the artificial entity of the corporation okay that has the rights of human beings. It's the artificial entity of the corporation that has the rights of human beings driving uh, through artificial intelligence a robot car that makes choices like, oh, do I hit the pedestrian in the crosswalk and not swerve out of the way and risk hurting the occupants of the car, or don't I do that? I mean, we're going to have corporations that can't be thrown in jail, that aren't going to be liable in accidents, programming artificial intelligence to make life-and-death choices on our roads. And what is at stake in this battle of the future is very much whether human values values and mores and rules of law will hold or whether the corporate values, the artificial entities, the corporation's values, will prevail under the shield of immunity that corporations have because you can't imprison them and you can't truly hold them accountable. And I see that as one of the foremost challenges of this coming decade.
0: Wow, Jamie, this is really astounding and it's flying under the radar because of all else that's going on in the news and in our nation and in the world. And a lot of people think, well, self-driving cars, they don't think they're they're so dangerous, but there's something sneaking up on us here. And Jamie, I'm glad you're sounding the alarm. I've got to leave it there, but I'm really glad we get to spend time with our friend Jamie Court, C-O-U-R-T, and they do go to court at Consumer Watchdog for us. So if you don't know Consumer Watchdog, if you like what you heard, Check out consumerwatchdog.org. Jamie Court and all his great colleagues there. They are fighting for consumers, and this self driving car issue is enormous. It's not getting near the attention it should. I'm glad Consumer Watchdog is there. Jamie, thanks for being part of the team. We'll see you again next week.
1: Thank you, Norm.